Well, thank you for joining us for this month's edition of the Real Stories podcast. I have the always lovely, always laughing Bethany here with me. I wanted me. you to say Ricky instead, no. just to see <laughs> what people know. We are joined <laughs> yeah. by my boy, Ricky Wainscott. That is the way I say it, right? Yeah. Okay. Right, the, right. Ricky. Rick, like Ricky. Saying. Yeah. That what? was fun. Ricky? Ricky? Yeah. So <laughs> Rick's like, oh, this is going to be weird. <laughs> like, I wanted to give a disclaimer like for anybody at home that thinks that like I pinch my nose and I t- I'm talking through my nose like that. I'm not. I sound like this all the time. Oh, dude. He's, he's got a pretty big uh, Willie Nelson following. He's been working. He's, you know, <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a, a, a gig he's trying to take out on the road. But uh um, anyway, so we're super excited to have Rookie with us today. Um, we're going to dig a little bit into his story and how he came to know Christ and a little bit of his backstory. And what I love about this is, you know, Bethany and I really only know very little bit about this. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we, we've talked to some people where we, we kind of know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ricky is actually walking by the church, and I was like, hey, well, would you come and just sit here and talk for a while? And he said yes. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the Bible. I mean, you, you get one story, and you think you know the whole book. And you, feel, you find out there's way more yeah. than that. And I sometimes mean, you're a little creeped out by what you find out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's all right. So, so we're excited because, um, you know, as, as we've talked about, with these podcasts is that it really allows us to, um, you know, help you share your own story and get it out to other people. And because there's people that are going to connect with your story that wouldn't connect with my story, wouldn't connect with Bethany's story. And so the, the fact that, you know, you're willing to do this is huge. It's an, it's an awesome opportunity, I think for us to be able to kind of get the word out and share, you know, a real story of, of what your life has been like. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of, I would say everything. Um, and so Ricky has assured me that this is going to be everything and more, um, is, is what he's said. So it might be weird. So yeah. And buckle up. The good, the good news (laughs) is, is we love weird. Um, uh, again, if anyone saw the torture that we put people through just to record this podcast in this room alone, they'd be like, these people not say torture, don't know what they're doing. Really. Well, I think everyone's <laughs> waiting for something to crawl out of the ceiling. There's stuff up there. Torture better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I know what's happening. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those situations where, you know, my story, I think it's unique to me because it's what molded me. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's so relatable to so many people just given the circumstances of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm not proud of my story, but I'm proud of who I am today. And I think that there's a, a distinguished difference between, you know, um, boasting or being prideful for all the stuff that you did. It's, yeah. To me, it's more of a reminder of who I was versus who I've become. Absolutely. You know, that was the, good, I'm not, I'm not proud whatsoever of the stuff that I've done, and you'll figure yeah. out why here in just a little bit. But Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's also who I became through the process of it. It's kind yeah. of forging Absolutely. in some yeah. regard. You so, learned yeah. a lot from it. No, I agree. I think so, everybody could relate to that. So maybe, sure. maybe for those of you who really don't know you, maybe just start off before we get into that, just – a little bit about yourself, your your family, your hobbies. Who the heck is this rookie guy? I am um, 39, um, type 1 diabetic. Had that almost 17 years now. Um, I'm a carpenter by trade. Do custom woodworking and decks and you know, room additions and stuff. Um, 
basically just an all-around remodeler for the most part. I've got a 16-year-old son at home as well as a three-year-old son. Um, been married to the same woman for 17 years That's as, right. of, uh, as of Friday. <laughs> so we've been together just over 20 years now. Wow. That poor lady's been with me through the whole ride. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's... I. I tell people all the time, I, I don't know if she just loved me that much or if she was that dumb. I couldn't figure it out, but I tell you, I realize it was love now. I'm like, man, she just wouldn't give up on me, but gosh, I would have quit so many times. But uh, yeah, thankfully she, she didn't. You. I really like her. I'd like keep her around for a while. You know? Yeah, you keep know, her off of the four-wheelers. Awesome. She's, I mean, she is definitely my counterbalance. She is what keeps me grounded. Yeah. No matter how much I try to take on and how strong I try to be about things, because I mean, I'm a manly man. I right. just you yeah. know, I don't give up. I don't quit. I don't, I, I always try to find my way through it. So, you know, to have somebody like her in your corner, I mean, you definitely Huge. need that. Yeah. yeah. Changes everything. Everybody needs a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are Goshenites, right? Yep. Um, yep. I mean, you guys have lived in Goshen for too long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been here. Yeah. Uh, this, we got our house 17 years ago. We bought our in-laws old house from them. Yep. Yeah. So Cassie lived in that house for, I mean, we're talking about coming up on 30 plus years now. So, cause yeah. they had the house for 14 years or so before I bought it. And I've been there for probably 17, going on 18 years now. Yeah. It'd be 18 yeah. years in February. So that's it's crazy. Been a while, so yeah. yeah. Did you ever have sleepovers there? I did. Yeah. Um, I've slept well, in that house actually. Story. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Ricky's uh, brother so was the only one you did a sleepover with, then, right? Huh? Yeah, well, yeah, one of the few. Uh, yeah. but uh, I was very good friends with Ricky's brother in law, Dennis, growing up. Um, and so I feel like I feel like we may have known each other in passing, maybe mm-hmm. back then, yeah. Um, but it was very limited, I would yeah, imagine, basically, um, <laughs> just very surface, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, I've slept in your house, man. Um, so <laughs> It was on a waterbed. That's bed. so comforting, like your pastor slept in your house. <laughs> what the heck did he find? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Kickball star as well, right, Ricky? Yeah. Kickball star, yeah. I'm, you are lead. Oh, call me the one-hitter quitter or whatever. <laughs> Literally. One-hitter quitter. Pulled a quitter. muscle on the very first kick of the game, line drive, kind of straight out to me. I pulled a muscle on my leg and I toughed it out for the rest of the inning. And for whatever reason, I had a great idea that I needed to, to kick. <laughs> and the moment I ran up there to wail this ball way beyond the outfield, my way foot folded outfield. backwards, my knee and my ankle went numb, and the ball dribbled about 10 feet, and I thought something tore in half. So yeah. That's pretty much my kickball career. Yeah, I think it's a great story uh, for how to get out of playing the rest of the day. It, it worked. It worked. It worked we well. talked about it on the marriage podcast. Last we did. Time, we so did. I yeah. just had to mention it for a minute. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good story for True sure. Story. <laughs> so so you know um, you've been. I guess you've been a part of the real church family for what? I mean, when did you guys start coming here? Probably we we showed up a few times. Yeah. Um, over the years, but it was earlier this year, um, probably. Well, I think it had to be right at the beginning of the year. It was, it was still February. cold outside. So yeah, it was I, probably I think January, February. February. About right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, February. We came in and we never left. Yeah, yeah. We we wouldn't let them. We're em. so happy that you came in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
That's been awesome. You guys so, have been a godsend family. Yeah. So, so tell us, um, as we kind of start unpacking this, tell us a little bit about your story, about you know how you came to know Christ and um, your relationship with Him and, and kind of the journey. I know you've got a bit of a journey to share here. Yeah. And so I'm kind of interested to hear you know, where, where, where it's taken you and where God's brought you to. Oh, gosh. My journey started probably back as a teenager, I'll say. We'll fast forward through a bunch of the, you know, smaller details. But um, we'll just say as a teen, or as an early teenager, I ended up just, you know, my mother and I. And, uh, you know, we battled poverty. I mean, we were, mm-hmm. you know, in homeless shelters and stuff. And we finally ended up getting a place. Um, it was Section 8 housing, you know, which was yeah. okay. I mean, it was it was better than the homeless shelter, that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Started battling with, you know, trying to raise yourself and, yeah. uh, you know, complete disregard for authority, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, you know, raise yourself, trying to be tough and, you know, trying to be, you know, just a man's kind of man. And yep. but through the course of hanging out with a lot of bad people, I ended up in drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was definitely bad because the only drugs I didn't do were the ones that I couldn't get. You know? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a, a really long history of that. And uh, it's definitely kind of shakes you up a little bit to talk about it, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Memories, but yeah. I battled with it off and on for a while. Um, ended up meeting Cassie, I guess, in seventh grade. We went to school for a year here in Goshen. And uh, ended up getting expelled out of Goshen for fighting. And uh, we were never friends back then, but it was uh, probably three or four years later I ran into her. She yeah. was working at the Kroger Pharmacy down in Loveland. Really? And I stopped to cash my check there one day, and I saw her. And then I conveniently <laughs> stopped to cash my check there the next Friday. And I saw her again. <laughs> and then probably the Friday after I'm that. Here. And then by that point, I think it was probably, I don't know, like the third or the 30th time I went in there, I finally talked to her, and we grabbed Wow. Numbers. And honestly, I got her phone number just, just to talk to her. Like, yeah. there was no... She was a pretty girl, but I had... We were so night and day that I had no interest in yeah. ever going anywhere with it. I was like, well, you know, talk a few times, maybe hang out once. That's about it. Yeah. Which is funny after, you know, <laughs> by today's standards, over 17 years of marriage later. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she brought out a lot of the good qualities in me. I mean, I got off. Um, you know, I made bad decisions with her. And yeah. she was the one that said, you know, it's either me or the parting. And yeah. Like I said, she was pretty, so um, <laughs> I stuck with her, and I gave up all the partying. Good call, right? Uh, <clears throat> I, I held things together for a little while. I got into construction. Um, I, I'd always done construction, even in my summers and uh, spring breaks and all that stuff. I had to do a, you know, just work to support myself, basically. Yeah. And uh, I was out on my own about the time I was 16. And I was, luckily, I had some family that was kind enough to let me move in with them, but they set the standard for responsibility. Yeah. You know? Wow. They knew I was out of school, and, you know, the very first day I was in there, they said, we don't mind if you stay, but you're paying rent. Yeah. And it's due every Monday. Wow. They said $50 a week, that's all we're going to charge you, but if it's not here Monday, you'll be out Tuesday. Wow. So they set the standard pretty quick, like, you're going to take care of yourself, and you're going to yeah. contribute, or you're going to go find somewhere else. So. Yeah. 
And you're 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, 16. Wow. So I was like, you know, and of course, at 16, I knew all of it. I was yeah. like, got absolutely. This in the bag. I was like, watch knew this. more than you do now, right? <laughs> I'll pay you for next week's too. You know, <laughs> holy cow, was that a mistake? And, uh, I mean, life just gets a hold of you, but yeah. Um, I kept it together. I mean, I learned construction was just a God-given gift that I had. You know, I just had an knack yeah. for it. I didn't realize it then. But I had an act for it, and uh, it flowed pretty smooth for me. Yeah. You know, throughout the years, but I I got life together and um, ended up going to a Baptist church for a little bit with my brother, and uh, yeah, everything felt pretty good in life. And you mm-hmm. know, I was kind of managing, you know, just an addictive personality is really what it boils down to. Yeah. Just you yeah, know, an aggressively addictive personality. Um, things. Kind of started to deteriorate right about that same time, though. I got in a couple car accidents, and I'd already had back issues. And mm-hmm. you know, the first thing the doctors did was put you on pain medicine. That's it, yeah. right out of the right out of the gate, man. Let me tell you how bad that can end. Yeah, yeah. After, uh, I guess I battled that for probably close to ten or eleven years. Wow. Wow. And at the end of it, it was uh, they got pretty gnarly. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, towards the end of it, I was taking anywhere from 40 to 60 pills a day. Every wow. Single day. I didn't function unless I had them. And Praise the withdrawals of not high. having them. Yeah, oh, yeah the fact that you were here is oh, a miracle. God, the whole way. Yeah. Wow. And it was kind of, as much as you fight your demons and as much as you go against the current, mm-hmm. it's like I always, I always knew that I had morals and it, the morals were placed in there from god you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah. i knew what was right and what was wrong but i used to turn away from what was right because it's just not what i wanted to do yeah, yeah. so it was easy it's kind of like you know when someone says something wrong to you and you turn around and you go to swing on them it's like you stop and you pause for a quick minute and you're like i shouldn't hit this person this is nice you know? but then you know your adrenaline gets the best of you and you swing anyways and while you're doing it, you're like wow that was stupid it was really kind of uncalled for but you do it anyways and that was literally just kind of like a repetitive system that i lived through every day yeah you know, yeah was, you know a lot of that stuff growing up and uh well you you grew up having to you know, not just for fend for yourself, but defend yourself. <laughs> I, I right? literally I mean, that's, grew that's up. That's what you yeah. came up. I mean, with. I I lived in some pretty rough areas, and if if you gave them an inch, they took a mile. Yeah. And it was just not one of those situations where you couldn't really get labeled as a sucker. You know, it's like yeah, because yeah. the first time you gave a little bit, you'd have the whole town picking. That's all it. Yeah. 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 It's just in you know inner cities and stuff. You just don't grow up like that. You have yeah. to defend what's yours, or they'll just take it from you. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah, I mean, it was. It'd be hard to break when you've been. It was a necessary evil. (laughs) Right. Survival skill. Yeah. I mean, when when you grow up like that, you know, through your whole, you know, the better part of your childhood. Yeah. It just kind of gets ingrained in you. Yeah. What's what's amazing about that, and and you probably won't want me to say this, but I'm going to say anyways, (laughs) is that, um, is to see how. You are, and, and I know this because I've heard it from people in the community, the generosity that you have now. So to go from a place of protecting myself, protecting yeah. what I have, um, you know, with my fists or whatever else I need to, <laughs> to being open-handed to give and lend help to anyone that you can, that is a huge transformation. Yeah. You know, I guess I never thought of it like that, but that is... 
that is literally where my heart has been transformed. Yeah. And I, I feel like if I've got anything and somebody's in need, I need to give it to them. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care if it's tools, if it's work on their house. Yeah. Money. I mean, it does not <laughs> matter. It's just, I, I feel that burden in my heart to give it to them. And yeah. It's honestly, it's more rewarding to me than it is to them. Yeah. Right. I'm happier about it, but. It, it is a complete 180 from how I grew up because it was, you know, rip you off, rob you, steal from you, do whatever I could to get ahead. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, you look like you could use this. Right. You know? Yeah. So, here yeah. It is. so it is a complete 180. And it was, yeah. it was nothing shy of God. Yeah. You know, I know it's funny because when I was like 12 years old, I went into, I stayed the night with a buddy of mine. And he was like, we got to go to church next morning. I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm a little kid. I'm like, I've been to church before. <laughs> you know, so we go into church, and it was a local pretty big Pentecost church over yeah. on 75. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't, don't want to say any names, but people know what church that is. <laughs> and uh, I walk in there, and I'd never seen anything like it before because I'd only been to, like, a Baptist church a couple times. There's a guy in there, and he was doing miracle healings, and he was walking around smashing people over the head with Bibles, and they're falling everywhere, and people are running and jumping and dancing. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, these people are lunatics. <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching this whole thing going down, and I didn't understand any part of it. And as we walked out of there, I was like, I will never in my life again go to one of those churches. I was like, that will never happen. People are nuts. Never again. And this is where God has a sense of humor because here comes the irony. I had Cassie's mom and dad watched me. I mean, they they knew I was a train wreck. Nobody understood the gravity of how bad things were. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody understood. Not even Cassie. She didn't even get it because it was so well hidden, even though it was kind of wide open and the obvious. Right. But uh, he kept begging me and begging me to go to church. I kept, you know, blowing him off. And we didn't have a great relationship Yeah, back then. And it was 90% me. But finally, out of obligation, I decided to go. And I'm telling you, the Lord was weighing on my heart. Like, I had a couple close calls that could have, you know, mm-hmm. should have killed me. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't happen. And uh, finally, I gave in. And Cassie, Cassie went to a local church. And it was on like an Easter weekend. They did an Easter service and they said, we're going to go ahead and give a donation to whatever families show up. We got three gift cards for the Kroger. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. said, go ahead yep. and put your name in the drawing and, you know, we'll go ahead and give yeah. it to you. Well, <laughs> I, th- I forget how many cards they did. Maybe they did two cards and there was three families or maybe it was one card and two families. I forget right. the math, but yeah. we definitely didn't get one. Yeah. 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 I was like, that's our luck. You shouldn't have even wasted your time. I thought you were going to say you got it. Changed your life. They were, they were so awesome. They were like, hey, we noticed, you know, that your family attended and you didn't get one of the cars, but we felt led that we need to do this for you. And wow. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then <laughs> Cassie's like, Cassie's like, well, I got to work. She's like, you got to go pick up the car. I said, I'm not picking up that car. <laughs> She's like, no, you got to go pick up the car because we got to work and we have no groceries in this house. I mean, when yeah. you want to talk about, like, I spent all my money on drugs and pills, like, yeah. we yeah. didn't have food. Yeah. And it was bad because I had a child at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it just, it wasn't a good scenario, but I ended up going in there and picking up the card from the lady that worked in the office. And, uh, 
she was very kind and yeah. you know you feel a little bit of a connection there you right. know just yeah. on a just on a personal level you're like man that was really kind of them they didn't have to do it yeah, yeah. and that was my first experience with generosity Wow. wow. So, good. like, I had never seen anybody do that. I was like, you just gave away $100 worth of groceries to me? And yeah. Like, you know. So, I got the card or whatever, and then her dad, Cassie, was like, the following weekend, she's like, well, I'm going to go back. And I was like, no, eh, let's not do that. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm going to go back. And her dad started really putting pressure on me, Yeah. you know, to go. And uh, just literally out of obligation, I went in there. Yeah. And... uh I'll never forget, I walked in, and typically I'd be like the guy that sat in the very back in the darkest corner, like, hey, let's hide out over here. <laughs> and her parents ended up sitting all the way up in the front, like <laughs> two rows behind pastor. Yeah. So I come walking in there, and I'm like, you know, I can feel my feet getting hot, like I'm smoking, like there's fire everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going to burn this place down. I got to get out of here. And uh, so I go in there, and I sit down, and right as I'm sitting down, there's a gentleman beside me. He's an older gentleman sitting there with his wife. He had glasses on. And uh, Ron Smith ended up being his name. There's, he was a giant in the church, and I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. No idea who the guy was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we sit down, and he's very quiet through the whole service. And I, I made it through the whole service without panicking and running out of the doors. <laughs> and as, I, as we finished up, like, you know, the pastor says, you know, they did the altar call and all that and said, you guys can go, basically. And, uh, I turned around and I was, I mean, running for the doors before they even started the closing <laughs> music. And uh, he stood up and shook my hand. He said, that's your seat. We'll keep it warm for you. <laughs> and I was like, that's not my seat. But <laughs> it, it, was such a, it was so inviting. Like, uh, it was just so awkward to me because, yeah. you know, I come from such a different atmosphere. So yeah. for them, for this gentleman to, you know, reach up and shake my hand and tell me if that's my seat. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah. And, uh, you didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to fight yeah, for nothing. it. You didn't have to right? Like, nothing. like all your life, that's what you'd had to do. Right. You had to prove, you had to prove and you, in this, yep. it wasn't like that. Yeah. Freely given. Yeah. You're going to make me cry. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's so, so weird pretty. because we go in there and the pastor's in there speaking and he's like, you know, he's given, a lot of messages in nearly 20 years. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, we're go- he was in the middle of starting his message. He said, we're going in a different direction. He said, I feel led to do this. Wow. He said, there is something in this room that is, you know, the, the Lord is leading me to. And he talked about uh, being out on a boat, you know, and having a good time on the boat. And, you know, you're yeah. out there on the, out there on the inner tube and everybody's, you know, laughing, smiling, having fun. But the boat and the inner tube was God. And you are yourself on that inner tube. When you crash, and you find yourself in the water, it, it wasn't that the boat drove away from you and left you because the boat stops. And uh, so yeah. then you find yourself getting farther and farther away, and it's the drift. Yeah. You said you yeah. find yourself swimming a little bit, but then the current takes you away. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wow. you know, through the whole message, you keep, you know, Speaking things, I'm like, this guy got a bio on me, and he knows. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, he's reading my mind the whole time. So <laughs> he now I'm starting to get business. paranoid. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm freaking out. And I'm like, they know too much stuff about me. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole time, I feel like he's talking to me for like 90 minutes straight. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at her parents, wow. and I'm all mad at them. I'm mad at Cassie. I'm like, who told them all this stuff? And uh, wow. yeah, they pretty much just left it at that. And uh, 
it, I tell you, it struck me just so, yeah, so hard, man. It was like a lightning bolt. You're like, how did, how did this guy just speak to my life just completely yeah. like that? And, uh, <laughs> it, it just the Holy Spirit, it man. That's all that it was. Yeah. And it, I tell you, when I walked out of there, by the time we got to the car, I was like, there's something about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, you can feel the tugging and the pulling on your heart. Yeah. And, uh, I, I knew that I was supposed to be in there, that God was giving me one one more chance to live, but I had to take it because I'm telling you, I was killing myself, man. Yeah. The drugs and oh, absolutely. the pills and stuff. I mean, it was bad, bad. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew that if I was going to live, I had to make a decision. The problem was I had to make a decision. Yeah. And I didn't want to make a decision. Yeah. But I wanted a better life. I didn't want to give up anything that I was doing to obtain the better life. So, yeah. It was, I mean, it, you want to talk about internal animosity and problems and arguments and fighting? Yeah. And all within yourself. And I've created all those problems. Yeah. And, uh, make a long story short, we, uh, we were there on Mother's Day. It was, I guess it was Easter, would have been probably late March or April. Mm hmm. We were in there on Mother's Day. I guess it was like May 8th. Uh, I was 31. I was just turning 31, so it was eight years ago, eight and a half years ago. And uh, I went in there, and I'd never gone to the altar before. Yeah. Nothing like that. I'd never seen an altar, you know. I'd hear about them. (laughs) But uh, they stood up. They did an altar call. You know, you can go down there and pray, and you can be saved and all that. And I didn't understand the gravity of what was getting ready to happen in my life yeah yeah but i stood up and before i could even finish standing up my feet were moving and i was like (laughs) i'm getting up in front of 150 people or so yeah yeah and my feet are moving and i'm not trying to move i'm trying to sit back there in my pew you know i didn't even want to stand up and i felt guided to go all the way to that altar and uh i made it you know i prayed it it was it's so amazing how the spirit can guide you into something that you're not ready to do. Yeah. Because I prayed, I said, God, today is the final day. I'm giving up these pills and I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to stop by any means. Yeah. But before I even meant to stop the prayer, I had already given my vow to God that I was giving up the pills and it was time to make a difference and a change in my life. <laughs> and you want to talk about being scared. Yeah. Because I made a deal with God earlier yeah. that <laughs> year. And uh, I got rear-ended. Some drunk driver hit me and tore my truck all to pieces. And I made a deal with God. I was like, hey, God. It, you know, it, it was like a month <laughs> went by. I was like, hey, I, I like this Toyota Tundra. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll turn my life around if you'll help me get this truck. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> the one Cassie drives? The, a different one. But, yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's a good ending to this story. Um, so, of course, you know, I, I kind of made a bogus deal with them. And I was like, I'll clean myself up and I'll quit buying pills. I didn't mean I quit taking them. I just said I quit buying them. Buy I was going to barter. I was going to trade. I was going to do, do whatever you did. I just wow. wasn't going to buy them. So I ended up, oh yeah, I was slick, I, uh, unknowingly ignorant too, because I made a deal with the you know Lord Almighty, and uh, who controls everything, he and he you, owns it all. Thought you conned him so, on that Oh one. yeah, yeah. Hold so I, I had this, I had this beautiful truck, this black black tin windows, black wheels. I mean, it was yeah. the, the nicest vehicle I've ever owned. Yeah, and I had that truck for twenty nine days, and I decided I gave in. I got weak. And I 
ended up purchasing some pills. Wow. 29 days. Like 29 days. And I know it was 29 days because that 29th night is when I totaled the truck. Wow. And I have never in my life crashed a vehicle. Never. Wow. And the day I broke wow. my promise to God, he took that truck from me. And I knew he was playing for keeps. I knew he was serious. <laughs> I knew he was playing you know, for keeps. I was like, I knew it was serious. I knew I had to change. And, uh, you know, but I broke that deal with him. And I ended up getting another truck, which now Cassie drives. But that, I didn't make any contingencies with God on that. <laughs> he was just kind enough to let me have that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, when I stood up from the altar and, and I knew the gravity of the commitment that I just made to him. Yeah. You want to talk about being terrified. Because yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm not ready for this. And wow. when I, I knew some people that were taking a fraction of what I did, they take 30 or 40 pills a day. And the withdrawals would kill them. Like, yeah. within days, you were dead. And I'm like, I take, like, twice as much. Wow. So, I imagine, you know, well, this is how I'm going to give my life up right here. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and quit, but I'm going to be strong. Whatever happens, happens. Wow. I tell you, the withdrawals never came. Like, everything medically they said should have happened and should have hurt me, it didn't come. Right. Wow. I mean, I literally walked away from a 10-year addiction and just... Basically walked away from it. Oh my goodness! And, uh, I ended up grabbing. We ended up getting in the truck. We went across the street to the Shell gas station, and I stopped at the pump. We had a full tank of gas, and I got out and I told Cassie to come with me. I said, "Grab my hand." I said, "Come with me." And she was like, "What are you doing?" And I reached <laughs> yeah. in, I grabbed the bottle of pills, and I grabbed her hand, and I threw them in the, the garbage can with her. I was yeah. like, "That's it, no more." And she's like, "Okay, great. I've seen this before." <laughs> she's like. Yeah. You may con God, but you're not conning me. Yeah, she's like, so you have more coming tomorrow, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we threw them away together, and it was, uh, I mean, it was was definitely a pinnacle moment in my life because it changed the course of everything that was about to happen. I mean, I was still smoking. I was, you know, dipping. I was doing all that stuff. Yeah. But then I decided to challenge God a little bit. Like, I felt a little bit convicted over smoking and stuff, you know, because i tell you the way that the next couple of weeks of my life went, I mean, just the power that I felt that I had inside of me, just from those small interactions with God at the wow. altar, I was like, I felt invincible. Yeah. I was like, I know what I should be going through. I should be in a hospital fighting for my life. I'm walking away a free man. Yeah. And uh, it was like two weeks later, I'd, I was actually going outside. I was on a job working down in the basement framing it up by myself and i went outside to smoke and i was like you know what enough's enough and i threw away the cigarettes and the tobacco i mean the dip i threw away everything i had all at once and i walked back down into that basement i was like you're pretty stupid about that i was like (laughs) you just gave up you know a 10-year addiction and now you're giving up something you've been doing for nearly 15 years yeah and uh it i tell you it changed me it the comfort and the power that God will give you in the toughest moments when you think you can't do it. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's a peace unlike anything you've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll never forget. It was probably two weeks after all that had happened. We come into that church and there's a gentleman named Dave Dayton and there he's a, you guys, he's an absolute trip. If, yeah. you, if you've met him, you know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went in there and, Pastor Ballard wasn't in that morning, and 
Dave Dayton grabbed the microphone. He said, we'd like to welcome you to the Kings Point Church of God. He said, we're a Pentecostal church. He said, normally I run on the top of the pews and swing from the chandeliers. He said, but my leg's acting a little funny today. And I'm telling you, after I had already been in that church for probably six, seven, maybe it was eight weeks, to hear the words, Pentecostal church, I got chills. I was like, what a sucker. I was like... I can't believe God did this God to me. You, man. I was like, because, you know, when you get in there and it feels so natural, you're like, I'm finally home. I, I mean, I, yeah. I've never felt more comfortable Yeah. That than in those moments. And the, the coolest part about the whole story was that nobody knew what was going on with me. Yeah, yeah. And finally, the pastor reached out to me one day, and he knew that I was battling addiction. He knew it. I didn't yeah. hide it. But we had breakfast a few times or whatever, and he seemed like he was genuinely concerned and genuinely wanted to know me he didn't like distance himself like anybody else would yeah in that atmosphere normally and uh he was like listen i want you to get up in front of the church and let them know yeah what your battle is and what you've done and i was like that's a horrible idea <laughs> i was like i was like bub if i let them know even just a little bit you're not letting me back to the doors i can promise you that and uh he was like, no, it's going to be a great idea. And I was like, okay, it's a horrible idea, but I'll do it anyways. <laughs> and, uh, like, my mother and father-in-law didn't even know the gravity of what was going yeah. on with me then. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, for, for every one part, I'm telling you guys, there's 500 things I'm leaving out. Oh, I'm just, sure. You can't wrap your head around it all. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got up there on the stage and uh, nervous like I am always with the microphone in my hand. Yeah. I found one or two people in the audience and just spoke to them the whole time. I just had to <laughs> just, just lower out in. the fact that I had, yeah, I mean like 300 eyeballs on me. I was like, I'm just going to talk with you guys. So I sat there and I, I told them, you know, in front of the whole church, I said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm an addict. I said, it's, I said, I was, I was definitely a throwaway model. I said, because I shouldn't have been saved. You know, I felt like one of those dysfunctional toys in Toy Story. Aww. You know, I was like, that was me. And uh, the coolest part about the whole deal was that when I was done, there were so many people that came up to me and said, my son went through that or wow. battling that myself. Or yeah. I've got family going through that. And like, to me, I was completely blown away because I'm like, you guys should have me labeled right now. Yeah. You know, you should distance yourself. And I've never had so many hugs in my life. Wow. I was like, these people aren't going to leave their purses out around me. <laughs> but it was like, I mean, I'd always had morals. I never. Right. I never wanted to do bad things. I just did them. Right. Yeah. 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 And just the way that they treated me, I tell you, it, it changed my whole life yeah. around. Yeah. Because I realized that if I can let go of my past and realize that I've been born again with a new life. Mm hmm. That stuff will never hold me back unless I let it. Yeah, yeah. And then that was really when things started to change for me. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you I, I tell people all the time, I am my biggest hurdle. I fight with myself every day. I fight with myself because I'm trying to do it right. And yeah. the moment that I can do everything on my own and I don't need Jesus, yeah, there would have been no point of the cross. Because mm -hmm. if I could do it without him and I didn't need him, then... You know, it's not like I run around and I plan for failure. Like, right. hey, but I, I know where my faith is. I know, you know, what I have to turn to. Yeah. And the strength that it gives me. But it was, uh, it, it was awesome. Yeah. It, it just was. So, so you go, you go through this, 
radical, crazy change that, I mean, just rocks your world, right? Um, puts you in a place that you've never been mm-hmm. in before. Gives you um, connections that you've never had before. But that that comes with its own challenges, right? I mean, you've got, yeah. I mean, right? There's there's a shift. There's a great shift that's taking place in your marriage, right? Yeah. Um, that is just, you know, I'm sure Cassie loses her mind about. Uh, but but oh, even that's... your own network, like you've got people that have been in your network that all of a sudden there's this new guy that's coming, right? That that was, uh, it's like my, my marriage was just destroyed completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just was. We didn't get along. I There was times where I'd move out, and th- literally the only thing that kept us together was the fact that we had a child, mm-hmm. yeah. and she refused to give up on me that easy yeah. because she wanted yeah. to, and I, w- I would have, honestly. I mean, it was... It just what it was that bad. Yeah, but we didn't speak. Um, I mean, we go days without even talking to each other. We just existed wow. together, and that was basically it. And I had a whole group of friends that were competitive partiers, like I was. I mean, we were yeah, we were on a competitive level. It was yeah, but we all came kind of from a similar background, so we fed off of each other. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the partying was just the one thing that we were really good at. Yeah. And when I turned my life around, I found myself so dark and alone. Yeah. Not knowing how to relearn how to live because I spent 30 years like that. Yeah. And within a matter of weeks, I gave up everything that I knew, and I'm trying to go into uncharted territory, and I had no idea how to live. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing, who I should be talking to, who I shouldn't. I mean, you want... It was just complete chaos, and you feel comforted, but you've never felt so confused either at the same time. And I literally lost every friend that I had. Wow. There were some friends that I tried to talk to, and, you know, they they wanted no part of it. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, I understand it at that time. They wanted no part of it. So... I did the only thing I knew to do when I was to pray for him. Yeah. And, you know, you fast forward to just a few years ago, and I found out that those guys have come to know Jesus. Wow. And it was crazy because the same thing that happened to me happened to them. They lost every single one of their friends. And I told them, that's a small sacrifice, because if I'd have kept you around, I'd have been in the grave. Yeah, and literally, that's true. Within hours that's or true. days, I would have been in the grave. I said, I'd rather sacrifice everything that I know and get a chance to live for my family than to hang out with you fools, <laughs> and, you know, for what, a few more weeks or whatever, you know, so I continue to pray for them and, you know, it, it's not like I prayed for them every single night. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I continue to pray for them and a few of them were fortunate enough to turn themselves around. You wow. Know, it's, just, it's awesome because I'm in communications with some of them now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom knows some of the guys that. Yep, yep, absolutely. That I hang out with, and yep. we bounce a lot of things off of each other because, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's good to keep a group of people around you that are God loving. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have to have it perfect all the time, right? Yeah, but it's good just to have open talk about situations because yeah. there's yeah. a lot of things I still don't understand in the Bible, and right, like, you know, it's like the dinosaurs, right? Yeah. You know, exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things in there that, I, you know, I'm a very technical guy, and I have to have understanding on things. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's just weird things in there that I didn't quite 
follows. So it's good to have you. Yeah, just open it is. Mic talk about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many people that can relate to your story, and so many people that are struggling with all of those things now. That I feel like your story is just amazing. I mean, we lost so many friends to yeah. overdoses. I lost yep. both of my uncles to heroin overdoses. My mm-hmm. cousin, so many that. Yeah. Your story can just encourage so many people. Yeah, I I overdosed one night. I had Cassie and Skylar with me. Wow. I was on my way to go pick up my crotch rocket. Um, I drove all the way across town. I got within just a few miles of my cousin's house to pick up my bike. Yeah. And, I mean, when I jumped on the bike, we did 150 everywhere. I mean, I couldn't get on the highway unless we were over 100. Oh, my God. It was every year red line <laughs> as fast as it would go, as hard as it would go, and it just that is just how I rode. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, had, I had full intentions of getting on that thing and just beating Cassie home in, like, half the time that she could make it. It was funny because I'll never forget. I was getting ready to walk out the door, and I was like, ooh, I should take some pills with me. And I was like, you don't need any pills. And I was like, nah, I'll be fine. I should probably take pills with me. So I ran in and grabbed some pills and I threw about six or eight of them in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I meant to stick them in my pocket and wait until later to take them when I picked up my bike and my dumb butt turned around and ate them. Wow. So then I got in the car and I had just taken like 10 right before that. Oh, my God. So I got in the car and we get all the way down into Williamsburg. Yeah. And uh, I remember feeling a little bit off, but. You know, it wasn't anything I hadn't felt before. Really. Yeah. I overdosed and had a seizure. Wow. Right there. And, like, my son was in the back seat, and he saw the whole bit. Mm. It's like I was on my way to get my motorcycle, and the next thing I know, I'm in a hospital. I'm like, wow. what happened? Where's my bike at? You know, I'm thinking I crashed my oh, bike Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was that moment where if, if I had waited and taken those pills like I had planned when I picked up the bike, I'd have been, I'd have had oh, a seizure yeah. on the way home. You would have. Wow. It was... It was just, it was crazy. I mean, there was there were so many times just little stupid things happened. That, yeah, you know, I should have killed myself and could have killed myself, yeah. and God had a different plan. Yeah, and that's probably the only assuring thing to the whole situation is when you understand that there's a bigger plan than what your eyes can see right now. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I struggle with little things in politics these days. Right, you know, there's a yeah. lot of crazy stuff going on, and I'm like, I've got to hold on to the faith that Jesus gave me, that everything is going to be okay. Even right. when the world turns to chaos, Yeah, yeah. I look at how my family was taken care of in 2020. Yeah. yeah. It was mm-hmm. one of the best years I ever had. Yeah. And it was like, and I saw a world that was just completely upside down and hopeless. There was a lot of fear, don't get me wrong, and yeah. a lot of different avenues. Yeah. There was a lot of scared people. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And I definitely felt that myself, but... Um, uh, what I what I think is amazing is, is is you break down your story and what you've been through is that there were little moments, little seeds that were being planted mm-hmm. over time, right? Yeah. And I think <clears throat> I think so many people need to understand that you may be looking at someone in your own life and you may be frustrated at them uh, because they haven't come to fruition and this hasn't played out and this hasn't played out. But we've got to remember, and we talk about this a lot, that we all have our own purpose within someone's journey and right. and just all the way back to that that Kroger card right yep that that seed there you know to think that you know even it's it's kind of crazy to me when you look at your story in its totality to think that the Kroger card is still a part of that story Right, yeah. the because card there's, was there's the, crazy things that happen like bigger crazier yep. than Kroger card yeah 
but Kroger card. Those little pieces that right? uses. And, and it's so important that we recognize as Christians those little moments that we may be, that, that may be put right in front of us yep. to sow something as simple as a grocery, something as yeah. simple as a meal, something as simple as whatever it may be, that it can be a part of just this this little motion to get this ball moving a little mm-hmm. bit for them that all of a sudden it's been locked in position. No one's allowed to touch it. No one's allowed to get close to it. And all of a sudden you break down this little tiny barrier that then opens up a world of change that could happen. And so, you know, I, I love that, you know, your, your story has this massive amount of craziness and miraculous that takes place. Really is a miracle. But even even in the miracle, even in the story, even in, in, in everything that you've gone through, there's still these little seeds that were planted that still had an impact on you. Right. That yeah. you can remember. And so I just think it's so important for us all, you know, us here and those of us that are listening to recognize that every little opportunity that we have could be the tipping point for somebody else. Yeah, and I think it's not only encouraging for people going through that, but it's super encouraging for people who are have already accepted Christ, who I know I'm somebody who's always like, I'm not doing enough. Right. Is that yeah. Was that good enough? Did we you. give them enough money? Did Is the Kroger gift cards we gave at National Eye Out, was that good enough? And like hearing your story encouraged me so much because you just, you never know how God is using this right. small little seed and i think that was just so beautiful to hear because you're enc- you're encouraging so many different types of people just hearing your story mm-hmm. yeah i just thought it was beautiful it was an act of kindness that had no strings attached to it yeah, yeah. And that was that's something that always resonated with me even to this day i'm like if god hadn't given me a second chance yeah then i would never be able to to give yeah like I've been able to give yeah. to yeah. certain things or people or events Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. And th- there have been a few times where, like, when I started paying a tithe, like, I, I'll never forget one Sunday morning, I looked at Cassie, I was like, we got to pay a tithe. And she's like, what? <laughs> she was like, I was like, we have, to, I, we have to pay a tithe. I said, we have to. And she was like, how are we going to do that? <laughs> we can't make, we can't make it on what you're making now. And you want to give part of that away? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't add it up at all, but we have to do it. So <laughs> we gave it. And it was kind of one of those things where, like, the first couple times we gave a tithe, it, it didn't really work, but it did. And then we had a couple weeks where, like, it was a test. We're like, we can get groceries or we can tithe. Yeah. And something stuck with me that someone said. He said, if you need it bad enough, God will give it back to you. Yeah. He said, it's all his. He'll give it back to you. And I kid you not, we would give on Sunday. And something random would show up in the mail, or somebody would yeah. randomly give it Cassie's work and gave the same amount back to us. Yeah, to a T. And it's, it's incredible like, when that stuff happens a few times. I was, it all starts to make perfect sense. It does. At that yeah. Point. Yeah. It does. And every since then, it's I've got it. I have to give to God happily because He gave me a chance to give to Him because He could have just stuffed me in the grave, and you know. Uh-huh. That would have been over. Just the fact that I have a chance to give back to God yeah. is it's incredible. Just, to me, it's awesome. It is. It is. And yeah. Some people get it. Some people don't. But when when you have that faithfulness in your finances, and you see, mm-hmm. you know, 
how he works it all out. I mean, I started making less money, started paying a tithe, and I've never missed a bill since. I was making way more money <laughs> before I was tithing, and I couldn't keep my bill straight to save my life. Yeah. Like, I was missing credit card payments. I mean, you name it. And no, no, don't get me wrong. There was times where we're rolling change to make the bills happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like all grace and awesomeness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were still real people struggling. Yeah. But it always worked out. Yeah. Every time it's always worked out. It might come down to the wire. Yeah. You know, but, but God's always been there to provide. Yeah. yeah. Such a story of love. Too, yeah. It is. Like. To me, it's like now we're, my wife and I are, I mean, gosh, we're more in love today than we were yesterday, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, just, it's awesome to have that in her, but it, it's so awesome to be able to be giving and caring and love other people unconditionally. Yeah. Because it was that unconditional love that, it was, it was a pinnacle defining moment in my life is what it was. That $100 gift card is what set up the whole rest of the story. Yeah. You know, I call it's it watering amazing. seeds, you know? Yeah. You might not get to see the harvest. Yeah. You just got to water the seeds. That's it. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. Praise God for Cassie. You know? Strong woman. Faithfulness. Yeah, let man. Go of you and no. kept to her promise she made to God when she married you. And I think that's amazing. It's incredible. Most it people is. People would have left, you know? She should have. I'll say <laughs> she should have. But I mean, I've learned to never say never. <laughs> yes. Because we were Mom, never going to have say, another kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you we got said Luke, that baby. stuff before, and I'm always like, whoa, don't say never. Because yep, if we're not God allowed says to. something to do, then we're going to Yeah, I mean, they told me with my diabetes, you know, child, the chances of having a kid just aren't very good. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just it's pretty much over. I was like, all right, cool. So <laughs> that works. Yeah, no more concerns. And then I, I'll never forget Pastor Ballard's wife, Annette. <laughs> the, the ladies of the church a few times spoke about, well, we're praying for you to have another child. I'm like, no, that's great, but stop. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate your caring and consideration, but you don't have to take care of it. So if you want to stop praying, I'm all right with that. And I was like, you really don't have to do that. And uh, sure enough, I mean, <laughs> she ended up pregnant again. <laughs> the marriage got better and, and another then, baby came. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow. But it was so refreshing yeah. I mean, to me because I, I missed so much stuff. You what it was that God gave me a God gave me a chance to see what I missed out on. Yeah. And yeah. it made me appreciate certain things about Skylar even more. Yeah. Because I wasn't around for so many of the things that I see Luke he do. But so you know, many. there's there's definitely a disconnect there with the thirteen year age difference. Oh, and, yeah. Man, we thought we remembered everything until Luke came out and I realized <laughs> I forgot everything. <laughs> it, it changes. Like, <laughs> it yeah. does. So so um I, I'm I'd love for you to share a little bit um, about kind of how you ended up at Real Church, like how how you connected to us and and how you got yeah. here and what the heck you're doing here, man. Well, it was one of those things. Like I got lazy one day and I didn't shave, and then <laughs> I didn't shave for a while. I'd always had a clean face, always. I never had a beard or a mustache or anything. And I saw Tom on camera one day. I was like, he's this got a beard. Amazing. I'm growing a beard. <laughs> That's it, man. And I was like, there's a connect. Oh, really? It wasn't that? Because I was like, this is the most amazing No, it works. It, it definitely helped. Because I won't ever let him shave. I never saw Pastor so Ballard with a beard. So. If the beard is ministering now. We'll get him there. Yeah, what, what it was was there was always such an open transparency with Tom's message. And there was always... He always wanted to help. 
you always wanted to help unconditionally. You just wanted right. to give without asking for anything in return. Yeah. And I see so much in church where, you know, at the big crowds where there's an extra five minutes about talking about gifts and giving and, pre, you know, tithing yeah. and all that stuff. It's yeah. like they really drive the financial part of it home. <laughs> it was like Tom didn't want any of that. He wanted yeah. to go into the community, serve the community, which a lot of people thought was bonkers. Right. Just yeah. to go in and serve the community and not accept any money for it because it takes finances to do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And when he talked about going out into the community and gets outside of the church, I was like, well, that's what Jesus did. He wasn't inside the church every single Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Waiting on people to come to him. He went mm-hmm. to them. And it was something that, you know, I'd done missions trips a few times with the church and it was something that I really enjoyed. But I hated driving four or five or six hours away, driving past so many different communities in need. I was like, well, we got yeah. needs right here in our own. And I was right. like, not that you shouldn't help out others, but right. yeah. I was like, we left so many needy people to spend so much additional money and fuel to go help out some needy people. But you kind of, yeah, you realize that it's right here in your own backyard. That's you it. know, the people were, it's the same situations, the same problems. It's just different location. Yeah. That's yeah. all that it is. And when you started talking about wanting to get out into the community, and I'll never forget your message. You said, listen, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it. <laughs> and I was like, I get that. Yeah. I was like, because there's so many times where I, you step out without knowing what's going to happen, but you just know that you have to do it. Yeah. That's probably the hardest stuff to take. Yeah. And now yeah. we've got, you know, a church schedule that's so unlike any church I've ever seen. <laughs> But it works. I mean, we're yeah. we're giving back to the community and we're helping the community, and it's just. I mean, to yeah. me, it's awesome. It's what what I felt called to do. Yeah, you know, it's like once I got a foundation underneath me, I knew what I needed to start doing with my you know gifts and my talents. Yeah, yeah. And some of it's just a smile and a handshake and set up you know a TV screen or something. Right. And yeah, some of it's physically getting in there and helping you know buildings that are in need or you right. know yeah it, it was great because it's not just one one focused priority yeah. you know it's just it's as much as you can do for the community you know once a month right it's just giving in so many different directions and it's cool because it doesn't burn you out yeah. Yeah. you know where it's like well you're, you're serving food from you know 8 to 11 this saturday yeah. and then 8 to 11 next saturday and 8 to 11 the saturday after that right it was it's cool because it gets shaken up but yeah. To me, I wanted to go where the people were. I don't want to just sit inside the church because what if there's somebody just like me outside of the church and they're yeah. just waiting on that one random act of kindness That's it. to change the trajectory of their whole life. Right. So it's like giving is... It's the only thing I feel comfortable with. It, it, what, what's amazing about it for us is <clears throat> Bethany and I have been really passionate about serving in the community that you live in um and you know it 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 was important to us because you know even when we when we went to launch the church or before we ever talked about launching a church um goshen was home goshen was our community that was our place right um and we were ministering in nearby communities but we weren't in our community and when we um, when we were able to move and buy a home right here in Goshen, it changed everything because it was like this is where we need to serve, yep. and I think it's so powerful 
Um, you know, especially you being in Goshen, you having a history in Goshen, you know, being here as long as you guys have been, to be able to then serve that community, see those people in the grocery store, see those people at the hardware store, see those yep. people when we're out in the community, um, is powerful. It's powerful for people to see a familiar face serving and and extending a hand and doing something to say, hey, look, you know, we're not expecting anything. We're just here to serve you and just have a good yep. time and be with you and connect with you. And they they can look at you. So, some of those people can look at you and be like, I know you know, Tricky Ricky, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, you yeah. know. Well, Slick Rick. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, we keep them going all night. I knew. And, yeah. to, and to see that, that is a, that that's not that's not you uh, Bible bashing. It's not you mm-hmm. um, preaching down their throat. It's not you screaming them and calling them out. Yep. It's you living and walking out the testimony that God has given you to walk out. That's powerful to those people. And so, <laughs> so to be able to do that Absolutely, in your community, I see them from time to time, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to to Not be able to do that, <laughs> yeah, to be able to do that in that community, it's extremely powerful and it speaks uh, volumes. Too. It does, and the power of the power of Jesus that you can walk away with zero withdrawals. Like that's a miracle. I, I tell people all the time that it was a Saul to Paul moment. Yeah. yeah, because to understand what Saul did and how he persecuted and killed people, I mean, he did everything yeah. against God you could possibly do. And trust me, there was years where I did that intentionally. Yeah. yeah. Then to see just his love and conviction for Jesus and the new life that it brought him, I was like, I tell people often, I'm like, it, it was a, a Saul to Paul moment for yeah. me. Yeah. It was because it's, it's 180 degrees backwards. And it's funny, too, because when I run into people, like when we did our community night out, I ran into yeah. somebody that I hadn't seen in twenty plus years. Wow! Like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, things are different. Okay? <laughs> like I got a beard now. Life is pretty good. Like things are different, but they can see it. I mean, they hear yeah. it. They see it. They see it in the way you act, and they can see it in the joy that you have. Yeah. And, you I mean, can tell they, you're a changed man. Yeah, power. everybody's got a past that you know could tear them apart for the rest of their lives. But yeah. until you yeah. let go of that and focus on the future, man, you're, you're just not free. Yeah. You're just not. You have some it. good one-liners in this that we're gonna That's have it. to put on a t-shirt or something. <laughs> we're gonna have <laughs> my t-shirts. Ricky. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's t-shirt collection. <laughs> Ricky's inspiring quotes. Yeah, but it's all funny to him up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> just look at those two people. He's we'll gonna get, stare we'll at two people. Bring them in. At things from a pretty, pretty open perspective, and just, yeah, I mean, you try not to judge situations, and you just try to see the situations for what they are, and you got to be appreciative in those situations. Yeah, it's like I mean, I, I made a, an entire career out of working on houses. I look at the problem, I analyze it, I make adjustments, and I fix the problems. Mm-hmm. So to let go of all that stuff, you know, and let someone else, yeah work on your problems and fix your problems for you gosh i mean you want to talk about being in a weird place for a long time very tough very tough i was like i'm i'm used to being 100 percent in control yeah Mm -hmm. and i still am to that regard on my job sites and when i work on houses and stuff but then it's find that defined line where you realize you're not in control whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the sense of being out of control is kind of relieving at times too you know as weird as it is yeah. To be what I, I mean, I guess I'm a control freak. I don't know. But 
when I'm on the job site, I am. But then to to lose absolute control and just have faith. Yeah. yeah. Like someone told me once, like you know, having faith is reaching your hand up, you know, into nothing and grabbing a hold of nothing mm-hmm. until something appears. And I was like. Man, it struck me hard. Yeah. I was like, you know, I physically like reached my arm up and nothing. I was like, I had nothing in my hand and I held on. And I still had nothing in my hand. So when you hold on until something appears, I was like, I'm standing there in the middle of a parking lot as this guy's telling me, and I got my arm up. And I, I know that anybody's going to buy What are they doing? You know, but yeah. it was, I mean, that's just, that's what faith is. And yeah. You have to have it. Yeah. 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 This has been so good. Well, Ricky. Beth, I know, I know. We always cap these things off yeah. with you asking Just a weird question, a weird random question. I, I, I did not want to know a single question because <laughs> I like you know. It's not that I don't know when to shut up. I would just rather give the truth. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I don't Absolutely. Wanna, I don't want to rehearse for anything. I just want to tell you the truth. And yeah. Like, well, it's there, already in you, and it poured out really. Yeah, well. it did. <laughs> Beautiful. But yeah, I, so, I, yeah, I want these random so let's questions because you're going to get an answer. I know. I kind of feel a pressure like, today. Oh, this can get weird. <laughs> I know. And I felt like I couldn't come up with a good one for you, Ricky. The only one I could think of today, usually it's been like, would you rather live with ketchup or mustard for the rest of your mm. life? But I think today, I'm just curious, since you're a carpenter, mm-hmm. I was I was going to try to pick two, two tools of like, what would you live with the rest of your life? But I'm just going to ask, what is your favorite tool? To use as a carpenter. My favorite tool. What couldn't you live without? My favorite tool that I'm torn between a miter box or a chop saw. Yeah. And a circular saw because I can make any cut in the world with it. But I think, honestly, the table saw has got to be. Really? One of my favorite tools because I can modify nearly any piece of wood to any dimension I need it to. And it stays, you know, you can do it with imperfection. Yeah. 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 I can take things that. You know, it's just a raw piece of wood, and I can turn it and machine it and mill it down yeah. until it's exactly what I want. Yeah. And I just, I love the table saw because there's something beautiful stuck inside of that board. This is the right question. You just have, <laughs> I mean, you literally just have to refine it some. Right. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah. that beautiful board, I guess. <laughs> oh, that was good too. <laughs> Tom, Tom is a table saw. Here we go. Another t shirt. <laughs> like, I cut your finger off. <laughs> so it would be yeah, the table I, saw. I love the table saw. You could live it's without. Just, yeah, I'd say it's definitely one of the most dangerous tools on the it arsenal. Is. I, it's it one, is. It's yeah. one that I don't really, I've it never is. really got into using. Which sounds I'm, right for you, Ricky. You've I'm been so riding the edge of life. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess I flirt with the yeah, dangerous. You went from, life, you went from 150 mile crotch rockets to table <laughs> saws, table man. Saws, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're living on the edge now, that's why. <laughs> yeah. But just out of that's curiosity, amazing. would you do ketchup or mustard for the rest of your life? <laughs> oh, man. The question is, do I have French fries or do I have beer brats for the rest of my life? <laughs> that is true. Like, it does matter. I mean, it's got to be given in a context. Right? <laughs> it is. Because like, just ketchup alone, that's a lot of acid that's going to hurt. Just mustard alone, that's that's a lot of stains on my shirt. So I'm like, what can we have with it to make life a little so better? So everything's there, but you can only <sighs> yeah, choose ketchup. one condiment. Ketchup. I'll say I would ketchup. Agree. I guess I'd have everything. to. I'll yeah. dab it in the macaroni every now and then. Like, I don't care. I, have a couple I like ketchup. I'm not afraid of it. I love ketchup. <laughs> oh, that's teacher. amazing. I love ketchup. That's amazing. 
Well, we we are super thankful, Ricky, that that you joined us for this and uh, uh, the fact that you took the time to come and share your story. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to be something that's going to minister to people who are going to connect with this story. And and uh, I just think it's amazing and appreciate you being here and, and sharing it with us today. It's, it's my story. Like I said, I mean, there's parts I'm not proud of, but it's my story. It made me who I am today. And I can find peace in that. Yeah. So I love what we're able to do in the community and uh, just who we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. About being real, man. I really enjoyed it. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will look forward to chatting at you for the next Real Story podcast. Have a great day. Thank you, guys.